0: We've come up with six helpful but simple tips to make you more consistent at Street Fighter 5. And Cammie won another CPT event. We have some objective considerations about her abilities on this week's episode of the Event Helps Podcast.
1: Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst-Grey, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hello,
0: I am, I'm having an energized morning, because uh, I, I went to the gym, I did some rock band karaoke, because my friend brought over rock band uh, the other day, and we still have it here, so I did some karaoke songs, little Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff, uh, and and I'm kind of trying to flow into this with, uh, with, some, with some power, with some energy, and talk about Street Fighter, and... Uh, I think that's all we have on the docket today. I know we did Mortal Kombat last week, Street Fighter all day, all week this
1: week. Yeah. Let's get into it in Rock yeah. Band too. Yes, but yeah. Um, anyway, what? Actually anyway, rock band what, I, Oh, okay. Now, now, what Red Hot Chili Peppers song were you doing? I, I'm curious. I, I did was, Other Side. Other Side. Okay, oh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, well, I, you know, people might know this. Uh, I've started a new character. I started Rose. Kind of sucks because all my cheap bull crap that I learned to exploit. It doesn't work any longer, and I'm now being exposed for the fraud that I actually am, and this needs to stop immediately. I don't like being accused of what I actually am. Uh, I've been legit hitting some walls here, uh, and it's reminding me actually of all the Monat privilege that I had. Uh, Demon Curse, the ultimate Cammy fan, is going to take a clip of what I just said and post it on his wall, and because he's always like Monat's the biggest piece of you know bullcrap ever, you know. But anyway, uh, we're gonna get to Kami later, um, but. You know something is wrong when I am agreeing with Cammy players. That is a clear sign of my uh, just complete lack of total mental composure. And because of, of that, John, we have to tell me and our listeners how the hell to play this game again. And, you know, and I, I don't, there's
0: something that you just said there. I know there's a little bit of a, you know, like, ah I, I suck and I'm trying to learn in, in a bit. But there's absolutely some truth there in the same way that, you know, a, a professional NBA and or WNBA player will need to shoot free throws on the regular, yep. right? Practice yep. their basic stuff. Be reminded of the essentials. Um, just going back and doing this, uh, like I'm the one. Telling people, right? I'm supposed to be, as far as the you know this interaction is concerned, the the teacher, and I'm learning things that I've already learned before, being reminded or giving uh, myself a perspective from a slightly different angle on this stuff, and it's helpful for me as well. So it's like this is not coming from a place of authority in terms of like we've mastered it. Yeah. It's just these yeah. are some helpful reminders, and if you're not if you're learning them for the first time, well then great, learning them for the first time. Maybe you're not learning them for the first time. They're still extremely helpful to be reminded of and to thought of in. Slightly Slightly different ways so
1: buckle up yeah and this is a I don't care how good you are you have to be reminded to the basics right you and I have just been over this before with like work stuff and it's like we're, we're both working on all these new projects and we forget about the basics right you forgot about Dre and you can't do that. Um, so we've got the tips here, John. Uh, let's get back on the horse and get back to our winning ways. Y- you might still be winning. I'm not right now. And I'm, I'm upset with myself I'm winning a little bit here and there. But you know what I mean. I'm actually you know doing it. well
0: because I went back to my main. I was like, screw all this new stuff. I, I'm just going to go to what I know works, devour hour, and get some points. And I got them sweet, sweet league points that we all know
1: matter a whole lot. <laughs> well, that actually brings me to point number one. Forget about points. Because this is a big one, and I'm not even, not and I'm those, not even, yeah, and, and I'm actually, this is, it's so huge because the thing about it is if you're focusing on points, you're not focusing on the right things when you're playing. This is when you're playing. If you're outside of, like, you know, playing, you know, like, look, you know, I talk about being grandmasters, other kind of crap and all that. I'm still grandmaster, thank goodness I've held on to that many points, but... um, The thing about this is when you are actually playing, focusing on points, whether you win or lose is actually going to detract from you winning. And and this goes to a lot of pro sports, it goes to a lot of other things where they say simply You don't want to focus on, quote-unquote, winning unless you're Charlie Sheen, right? That's the only person who can do that and make that work. But for everyone else, you want to focus on the things that bring winning to come about, right? Like uh, In in fighting games, it would be like focus on your footsies, focus on your anti-air. Do these things that lead to winning. Don't just focus on winning because what happens is if you're focused on winning and that that Ken player has done three wake-up DPs on you, you're, you're going, oh man, like if he does it again, I'm going to lose. Instead of going, he's done it three times every single time I've pressured him. Maybe I really want to sit back and bait it the next couple times just to see if I can get it out of him and get a crush counter, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's so often, again, if you're focused on points, you're just focused on not losing, right? You're playing not to lose. And I that, that actually goes to a big statement you once made when we were watching a CPT event. And you're like, dude, like, uh, we'll just say a Daigo for the sake of example. He's playing not to lose here. He's not playing to win. He's playing just like, he's so overly conservative
0: yes you are well that's one example of what can happen to you when you are overly concerned with basically things you shouldn't be concerned with in the midst of the match and i think that's the overall message that you're giving if you're spending first of all we all know how much mental bandwidth it takes to play a fighting game seriously all of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) at least if you're me it's all of it and even then it's sometimes not enough so if you're also throwing in a few other things like i'm thinking about how many points this is going to give or 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 i'm going to lose if i lose this or what it would look like to lose um you you sit there and start you know there's the power of suggestion and you're envisioning uh, losing. It's like, well, that's the, that's the opposite of envisioning winning and all the benefits that would come with that, right? It's like, you, you're already jam-packed with stuff. Don't be putting more things in there to, to, to distract you. Don't be adding juggling balls, especially ones that are not going to be helpful to you, uh, to to your own equation. And so when you say, in like, you know, I'm playing not to lose, instead of thinking about what is it going to take to beat this person? Like, where are the, where do I thread the needle? Where are they going to be exposed so I can hit them with my crouching medium or whatever it is? You're thinking about, oh, I could get hit here. Oh, I could get hit here. And like, there's a part of that that's helpful, right? Because you're trying to not get hit, but it's very easy to fall into, especially near the end of rounds when you can't take another hit just to down back and then you become the most predictable thing ever and what's more if you go too extreme in that direction you end up not pushing buttons at all because that's a risk and you go so risk averse like you said that you could never even get the damage you would need to win the game right mm-hmm. so you basically you fall out of balance yes right because you're 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 looking at too much of one thing too much of another and you need to have balance at, at any time and it's, it's understandable you have low life it's high stakes situation whatever it is but fight that because and the way you fight that is you don't leave room for all these extra little like you know anxiety driving things to come in and mess with your balance yeah
1: and you brought this up like uh, you're like hey i just got a bunch of points with call and other stuff like that and if you're not playing actually playing the game actively in terms of like if you're not in the game you're not in ranked waiting for a match and other stuff go ahead and like measure your, your lp all day long right like go ahead and do that um it's totally fine because you you can take stock of how you're progressing in the leaderboards and other things, and that is a good thing to look at. It's like, hey, you know, overall, I have gained 700 points or whatever in this last span of time. That's a fine thing to look at when you're not actively playing the game. It's like looking at the standings if you're playing, you know, the NBA or NFL or whatever and stuff like it's that. It's
0: like counting your money it, there you go. when you're sitting at the table.
1: <laughs> Kenny Rogers, man. So, um, but anyway, uh, but th- there is a time to look at your LP. It's totally fine to do it. It's just don't do it while you're actively playing the game. That is the Worst time that should be the furthest thing from your mind. At your points, Uh, the moment you start thinking about going to Disneyland is the time that you get derailed and you're screwed. So, um, anyway, uh, um, and if you can't get away from the point struggle, just go play casual matches or go into battle lounges for a while. Uh, The point grind can get overwhelming for the best of us. Like even the best of players, they're like, man, I don't want to lose my points and other stuff like that. So if you can't get that pressure out of there, like you know, and I know that might sound laughable to some of you, right? But point loss anxiety is real, John. The fear of losing the points is real.
0: Look, if you the go- same exact thing applies to when you're playing in a tournament. Yes. It's the same yeah. idea because wh- what we're really saying is don't be affected by the raised stakes. And simul- that, that's, that's like that's never going to fully happen, right? right? You're going to be aware and such, but... You know, does, how does Daigo pull off Moment 37 with all that it was in, in terms of like, hey, this is the end of an Evo tournament, so high stakes that way. You got a million screaming people in your ear. Uh, how do you maintain composure doing that except for to forget about all of those things because they're not helpful at this time? And I think points, another way of thinking about them, at least for the, our purposes here, are they're a raising of the stakes mm-hmm. and therefore inciters of more anxiety. And, uh, and that's not helpful for you as far as I can tell. And, and, very harmful for you because they're distracting and because they, they, well, they shake, they put you off balance. They give you the shakes, they yeah. give you the anxiety nerves and, uh, and you don't want to be dealing with that when you have to act yep. right. So yeah,
1: yeah. And again, you, you might think that, oh, you know, like I, I shouldn't be fearful of losing points and other stuff like that. But as K Brad once said to Gutex, Gutex, what the hell happened to your points? like that (laughs) (laughs) it's a thing even your friends will guilt you to your point so it's okay but you want to forget about it it's a thing it's a thing that they're going to be on your mind and just again put them out of your mind and just focus on the things that lead to winning john john that's that's my first point what's your first rule my first rule
0: is, and I, I I think this got posted to the front page, uh, stop stepping on your opportunities. Mm. Um, and and actually the the article that went to the front page is, is primarily about or focused on anti airs. Uh, but as I was thinking about it, this is super helpful. And and one of these tips could have been like get better anti airs, and that's right along those same lines as you know with the NBA metaphor. Uh, Keep practicing your free throws. That's there. But as I was exploring it, stepping on opportunities seemed like something a little bit fresher and probably something that we haven't said as many times on the podcast as get better anti-airs or make sure that those are refined and what i specifically mean here is that when you're playing the uh the footsie game and as we've addressed many times on this podcast in recent times uh the the flow of street fighter 5 specifically this wouldn't just apply to street fighter 5 but mostly through that lens uh not so much like marvel versus capcom but the flow is very footsies Uh, And slower paced now. And and one other thing that I've noticed from a lot of the pro players is we've seen a couple of CPT events play out now. Is that they're using more medium buttons as opposed to the very high reward crush countery buttons that we've become so accustomed to using and trying to dance around and getting frustrated
1: by. Uh, And no wonder. One addendum unless you play Cammy. <laughs> yeah, keep going, I'm sorry I, I yeah. couldn't resist, we're going to get to her later but I just, I've got to get a couple jabs in there on her, because that's the only time I get jabs in on Cammy these days, because I'm just losing to her left right that wasn't bad, that was actually not
0: <laughs> anyways, I was saying a thing um, it was that, oh yeah, stop stepping on your opportunity, so, the pacing of things oh, I was saying it, 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 it no wonder that we used to use a ton of roundhouses and heavy buttons, but the rewards of a crush counter and the the priority system are not what they used to be, right? Because they've been scaled down. A lot of these buttons have bigger and longer lasting hurt boxes associated with them, and they're bigger risks. So don't when you push those buttons, they're commitments. And now in Street Fighter V, and I would dare say in other games that are that are decently well balanced. Making those commitments all the time is not a recipe for success, and in fact, you can see more and more what the cost of pushing those kinds of buttons uh, can be in the way what we're seeing uh, how other people are playing, like the the top players. The top players are spending a lot of time dancing around and putting up walls with medium buttons. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's going to catch any forward advances, hopefully, and it doesn't tie them up for as long one of the uh the best um uh like fireball uppercut thrower players in the world is of course john Choi, and i think this quote was from john Choi. i always associated with him uh when i hear it and it's something that you may have heard before as well um and, and the it's the idea that you extend um to characters that do mid-range zoning like they have really long pokes like chun lee is a good example uh, if you're having a hard time dealing with them, you treat their long-range pokes like fireballs. You think mm. about them like fireballs. And that takes us back to the Street Fighter II fireball uppercut game that John Choi was so good at. And the way that that's helpful is that it, it puts in perspective just how much of a of a cost it is to do those things. Your character gets locked into these animations for a certain amount of time. And when you get higher and higher level, you can start appreciating frame-by-frame differences and things and what it means to get locked into this kind of stuff so if you're sitting there fishing with your heavy buttons all the damn time one you're going to be more open to get whiff punished but two you're going to be stepping on opportunities because when you're locked into Nikali's standing roundhouse you might get jumped in on because that's like a fireball man. Mm -hmm. and if you had just pressed like a standing medium kick or something like that you might be ready to anti-air which is why this ties back to the whole anti-air conversation but the pacing has changed. So what used to be like, just throw out all these heavy buttons because it's a well worth it risk. I don't think it's that way anymore. And so we need to make the the change to not do that as much and dance around with our mediums a lot more often and let people hang themselves because now it's not so much getting whiff punished. You're not gonna get dashed in on as much and you're not gonna get jumped in on as much. You'll let people hang themselves uh, and, and um, yeah, that's the gist of it. So stop Stephen. stepping on your own opportunities by hitting too many heavy buttons.
1: John, I'm gonna say some blasphemy here, and that's how come I've got on uh, Monat's Inc today. So I've got this going on, so you can see that. It's because uh, uh, Monat. I, I'm gonna say some blasphemy for people out there, and that is play Street Fighter Five a bit more like a Street Fighter Four. Because Street Fighter 4 was all about being risk-averse. You know? I am so proud of you right there now. There you go. I am so proud you of you go. right now. And so I'm, I'm backing up heavily what you're saying, and again, it, it, be very careful. Do not play Street Fighter 5 like it is Street Fighter 4, but play it more like it's Street Fighter 4. A bit more. Because what happens is basically your opportunities to capitalize in the neutral and to get stuff going there is quite a bit better. And... It just yeah, there there it is. It, it just there's just more opportunities mm-hmm. to basically succeed in neutral and do other things like that. And and there it is. So,
0: right on. What's your next uh
1: helpful helpful hint to get better at Street Fighter and get some more sweet sweet LP? Um, by the way, um, uh, uh your uh, your thing is minimized, so I I don't know if it's a recording or whatever. It's it paused on this. dude. there you go. Boom. We're back now. All right. So uh, never mind that little technical difficulty. Don't mind f yourself just like john just mind F'd me you're that is my second rule your mindset is incredibly important in this game when your opponent does something disruptive like they pause their stream when you're trying to follow along with them or do whatever other stuff like that don't get distracted by it overly so uh i've I've talked to numerous players actually top players uh, over the years and when they've made big runs in tournaments uh some of the people were ricky ortiz mike ross uh, you name it and one of the consistent things that they had when they placed really high, this is at Evo and other events, is that they talked about their mental focus, their mindset, how things were in a good spot for them before they were playing. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. specifically talking to Ricky Ortiz. Uh, she said back in, I think it was like 2010, uh, mm-hmm. this is when she finished uh, second in Evo. Um, she she was I was talking to her before her sets and she was like... Yeah, I, I've, I've just been playing a lot. I feel very confident. I feel in a very good spot. Um, and I mean, this was kind of like when, she, you know, Ricky was always really strong before, but this was like when she had her, you know, her big run in Street Fighter 4.
0: It's the first I ever heard of her. Mm-hmm. I remember that was my first Evo, by the way. So I guess we were both there at the same time, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember specifically seeing uh, uh, Ricky and like her presence as she walked up yeah. to, the, to yeah. the stage and everything, and then watching the Rufus play and being like, this is kind of set apart. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. all of Top mm-hmm. 8 and a lot more were but uh, yeah I I I caught what, I felt what you're kind of getting at right now in that moment, yeah, for sure. It, it was like, this was this was Super Saiyan Ricky. It, it,
1: it, it's it's universal with all players. It's not just, you know, a couple players who have this. is like, it's, you can kind of see with their body language and other stuff. And we do pizza bets here on Event Hubs. And a number of our staff members kind of want to see the body language of a player come up before they, they you know, bet on uh, who's going to, you know, win the pizza, basically. Uh, you know, correct the, predict the correct matches and stuff if you win a pizza. There it is. But anyway, so this does not come down to arrogance, nor is it lack of confidence. Confidence. It's a sweet spot. It's somewhere in the middle and it's going in prepared and ready and to play at your best that is what this is all about. And and so it, getting your mental game in the right spot, it, it, it's it's different for every person out there. Uh, I remember um, I remember Vasant, it was like during, I think it was Evo 2011 or whatever, um, he lost a match and he got really upset about it and he immediately wanted to run back. And he did this kind of like weird pose here, as see if you can show up on it. And, and like someone put like a, Photoshop like a spirit orb in his hand and stuff like that. It's like, you know what Vasant's real power is? It's like channeling spirit <laughs> orbs when he's up there on the evo stage and i mean he ran it back but that was his like that was his little thing to like mentally settle himself because he was he was on you know he was on tilt uh you see Mm tokito he does more traditional like deep breathing kind of yoga type stuff right uh others they might mash inputs out on the joystick what i'm getting at here is there's no wrong way to do it if you can do the facade spirit orb thing do that because that's badass like especially if you can make one appear but um but, what's the
0: Matthew McConaughey from Wolf of Wall Street but you said oh, it's also something he does in real life yeah, he mm-hmm. actually does it before that
1: it's like yeah we're both doing it now like and, and, oh, yeah. and he, but he put it into the movie because he thought it was like they're like I, I think uh, Leonardo DiCaprio saw him, saw I'm doing that but let, let's try to do it here real quick because it's freaking goofy as all hell oh you won't do it he's <laughs> I'll, like I'll watch you do it yeah and he like he pounds his chest and stuff like that it's ridiculous uh, but some more other tangible examples would be like finding a really specific dirty setup and the game and then where you know if you land it it's gonna it's gonna really put the other person on tilt right because it's like a very specific setup that's you know hardcore a new combo that you know that if you land it you your execution has greatly improved and that's gonna it's gonna build up your confidence right so Mm -hmm. um (laughs) a true story for me i'm not even joking about this balrog is a terrible matchup for manat and i actually just used to focus on draining 50 percent of my opponent's health not even winning just draining half of their health because I was literally losing almost every single time with my opponent having seventy to eighty percent of their health left, and uh, it, so knocking them down to fifty was a big step up for me. And I would later go on to you know expect to win against low ranked Balrog players, never the high ranked ones because screw that matchup. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, you can make your 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 accomplishment whatever you want it to be as long as it works for you. You know, it's, it's all about finding something that, that really helps you. And uh, there's a few other examples. But, John, I know you do some of this, too. Like, what stuff do you use to kind of keep yourself mentally sharp and ready to go? I used to do, um, ups in between
0: sets when it was particularly tense. Um, that was a thing cause it would like, it, it would exert, you know, some of that extra energy that you were feeling in the midst of, uh, well, like a stream match at Wednesday night fights or <laughs> I did it when I was playing, um, infiltration at Evo whenever it was, I think 2014, I'm not sure. Um, and, and like in between sets. And it's like, i don't know it just it, it it kind of centered me um and uh, but otherwise like my little tick is i will i will drum um my own little beat on the on the mm. buttons because i mean the, the clacky clacks it's so it, it's so satisfying especially if you have any kind of like a, a musical what propensity or something which i don't have a ton of but enough to like appreciate that uh something that just feels mm, rhythmic and like in agreement with the with with I don't know the atmosphere around you. I think that that whole like pounding the chest, uh, you can and, and the humming, like you can find a frequency in that where your whole body is kind of like getting a little bit of a vibration. I think that's the significance there, part of it, and and that like feeling of like just it, it's it's again it's like comes back to a, a sense of balance, and anything that you can do that that calms that um, and that helps you, again get away from all of the other stuff and crap that's creeping in or threatening to creep in. To crowd your mental, uh, you know, bandwidth and and overload you and imbalance you. I think that's 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 the secret to it. <laughs> the secret. Uh, it's it's not an easy thing to accomplish. It's something that you just kind of got to figure out and then try and do over and over and over again. Um, but it, you know, whatever it is for you, it can be very very helpful. In fact, it can be crucial. And I've actually gone from a place where I was like, ah, that's just all a bunch of crap. And nowadays, I'm very much on board with the little tiny nuances of what puts you in, 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 like puts you in the zone versus not that it's really important.
1: Yeah. So, so there it um, is folks. Yeah. John recommends pounding your chest and using a vibrator and it will get you going. So <laughs> is
0: that what I said? <laughs> it's
1: pretty close. I, I'm just Great. going with it. It's all good. But no, it's that, that it's whatever works for you within reason. I'll um, own it. Use a vibrator. <laughs> if that's what you need. Whatever. Drum on the sticks. Who cares? Uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's all about mental uh stuff. And again, uh, it, it, this is, about playing up to your potential. If you're playing against a warlord player uh, in your silver rank, like in all you equate like this to, if like, well, if I don't win, it's not successful. No, you want to play up to your potential. If you felt like you played up to your potential and you played well, you're good to go. Use a vibrator if you need to. There it is. John, what's your next rule? <laughs> so, so my next rule,
0: um, as, I, as I read it here, kind of goes hand in hand with my first rule in that... One, you're trying to do a little bit less in the way of like heavy buttons and stuff, but you're also going to be taking advantage of people that are abusing them. Um, this has been something that you've needed to try to be able to do in Street Fighter 5 basically since day one, because you know how often Yurian's going to come up and try to shake your hand, and other characters are going to stick out their forward fierce buttons that are crush counters that are so good, and they're going to be fishing with them. And there's a lot of moves that are still very good and and even if they're not as good as they were you've got people that have built their street fighter legacy street fighter 5 legacy and 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 their whole like culture of of individual play around these things and they're still doing them and they're still getting away with a lot of stuff too so when you have someone like birdie standing heavy punch right where he like reaches forward with both arms and basically stretches across half the screen to, to whap you, or Urien's heavy punch, or whatever. There's, there's, I mean, every character is going to have a couple moves like this. When you find a move that is giving you a hard time, that seems like it's very strong, uh, you need to take that into training, this is the tip, and study your problem normals. And it doesn't. I guess it doesn't have to be normals, I suppose it could be specials, but I, I like this with normals because they're so prevalent, and they're so part of this, uh, this footsie exchange, that understanding... Uh, on an intimate level, where the hurt boxes and hit boxes begin and end, how long they're out there on that screen for. You know, when you start getting an intimate feeling with this and it, it becomes instinctual, you have that clay in your hand, mm-hmm. and it's so important to be able to manipulate that on the fly in real time while you're playing a match. So, the way you do that is you get frustratedly blown up by one of these moves, um, and you go, That's where I'm getting hit a lot. Okay, fair enough. Go into training mode have the character do a neutral jump and then do the move right so you know exactly when it's coming out and just start spacing your character away farther 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 until they're no longer getting hit by that move and then try to start hitting the end of it you know so you're so you're whiff punishing it see what it feels like yeah. to be see what it see what it looks like to be just outside that perfect range because that gives you so much especially against a player that's going to be doing those kind of things too often, but even so, if that's just a really good footsie tool that this character has, well you've just learned a range that's going to be incredibly helpful for you against this
1: character. And that might
0: lead to you basing
1: an well I was going to say like people might be hung up like well I don't want to just learn Chun-Li's like you know crouching heavy kick range and other stuff and it's like well in this game a lot of normals have similar ranges and hit and hurt boxes on them so if you're learning like say Chun-Li's crouching medium kick you'd be shocked how applicable that is to reuse crouching medium kick and a bunch of other characters crouching medium kick as well A a lot of these normals that John's talking about labbing here they have similar properties frame data hit boxes and hurt boxes and you can make very slight adjustments where if you know how to space yourself out from a typical crouching medium kick that's going to be applicable for 50 70 70 percent of the cast somewhere around there a large portion of the cast have similar ish normals there are exceptions like monat and a few others but when you're labbing for you know chun li's crouching medium kick you would be shocked how often it's going to be applicable to other characters as well Mm -hmm. Um, and
0: the game makes it so easy well if you're playing street fighter uh, five it makes it so easy because if after you play someone online you have the option to go into training with that character. You can zip directly there and just start practicing it before your next match comes up. And what happens, it's not just that you like I was getting at, figure out how to counter this one particular move. You do do that, but you also start to have a feel about the rest of the match because in fighting games, everything is interconnected. And as you sharpen one skill, that enhances others through different means, right? Like if you're really good at anti-airs, all of a sudden your your opponent's not going to want to jump anymore. And now your ground game has become that much more powerful because you've taken an option off of their table right? Like that's huge. So things can affect others. And when you, when you, when you're patrolling their favorite spot and you're taking an option off the table from them, that one makes them more predictable and, and gives you a sense of control about the match. This is so much more than beating a single move. Try it guys. Try it. If you're getting blown up by Urian handshakes or whatever, take it into the, to the lab because um, otherwise it's like if you fool me once shame on capcom for making the stupid busted move but fool me more than that and you know did you lab it and i and i say that to myself as well because yep. there's been plenty of yep. times where i complain without having labbed it lab it and
1: the rewards are probably more than you would expect john it's so much easier to blame capcom because then i take the blame off of myself and it's just their fault for making this bullcrap game where cammy exists and all this other kind of stuff um but that and that's it it's it's you can complain but also make sure you put in the work you know like if, mm-hmm. if you're going to put that up on Twitter make sure you've also put in the time and like ah, did I really put in the time on this thing and man I'm guilty of it too so a very good point point. Um, and, and again this it may seem like a small thing what John just mentioned but it's really a huge thing that fleshes out so much of what you're doing in this game. And, and it really expands upon your stuff and it's like it's like, yeah, just countering a few normals and knowing the ranges and stuff, Like, it really filters out through a ton of characters in this. So so there it is. Uh, so my next tip is watch people you have respect for or have a similar style to you. And mm. this is the 2021 era. It's so nice because pretty much everyone's streams are maybe they have a YouTube channel. I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. Oh, uh,
0: quick plugs. I have a I have a message for our <laughs> now that you brought it up. Uh, just really quickly, we have two YouTube channels and uh, have have recent. Make sure you subscribe to the correct one. Okay. <laughs> it should be it should be Event Hubs, just the YouTube channel, not Event Hubs Video. Um, for those of you that care and that are that are subbing, yeah, sub to both. That's fine, but make sure you're sub to Event Hubs. YouTube and not uh, Event Hubs video only. Well, All right. Anyways, you were talking about other people with YouTube stuff.
1: Well, it's actually funny that you bring that up because back in my day, we would get our VHS tapes by sending a random amount of money to a random address in another country. And if you were lucky, two or three months later, a tape would arrive with hopefully some Street Fighter 2 combos on it. If you weren't lucky, you got a copy of a foreign dub of Vanilla Ice's movie, Cool as Ice. And yeah, he made a movie, and yes, some jerks out there decided to translate it to other languages to spread the misery around. Anyway, That's what funny. I'm... Yeah, Did it's... you get a copy of Vanilla <laughs> We're not going to talk about that, John. Do Did you, you know... get duped by VHS pirates? Do you know how difficult it is to explain to your friends why you have a foreign copy of Vanilla Ice's Cool as Ice? Do you know how... I have <laughs> just as much respect for you... As I did at the beginning of this podcast,
0: and I'm sure so do all of our (laughs) our listeners and viewers. Go ahead.
1: What's your tip? but anyway you can go on twitch now you can go on youtube you don't have to risk seeing vanilla ice's movie anymore it is a it is a golden era for footage out there um and so i don't actually just recommend looking at one specific player um all the time i i actually recommend going out and finding multiple players who have something that's cohesive with your style and approach of what you want to do so for example justin wong who i've been following very closely for rose stuff he is Awesome, um, but he also plays really lame characters. And if you're a fan of Street Fighter Four, you might be like, "What? He doesn't play lame characters all the times." Because for the first time ever, he played a rushdown character in Rufus, right? Oh, yeah. uh, but he's known for playing really lame, really defensive play. That might not be a style that you want to use. That, that might be something you want to do, even though it's working super well for him. That might not jive with what you want to have happen, right? So mm-hmm. you might want to look at someone like CN or Sako or a bunch of other players, or all of them for that matter, and, and see how their personal approaches uh, blend well with yours. Uh, and mm-hmm. especially if your goal isn't to win Evo or Capcom Cup or whatever, um, I, I recommend checking out players who are good but also entertaining you know and because the fun part about it is if you're being educated but you're also having a good time doing it like you're killing two birds with one stone it's like hey i'm not trying to win capcom cup myself or anything like that i don't you know i mean it would be fun to do it but it's like i don't have the time to invest into it uh i'm there to have a good time and compete as best i can but it's like if if i win a couple matches of tournament and you know i i improve some ranks online, I'm thrilled. Like That's really what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do. Uh, and, and so that might you know, work particularly well for you as well. Um, some people don't want to pick up a guitar to become the next Joe Satriani, right? They, they just want to learn a few songs. Uh, and so if that's your goal, like you can watch a player who's more entertaining than they are, like the best on the planet, and still learn all that you need to learn. Uh, and yeah. have a win-win prospect there.
0: You know, I like to... Uh, I, I was actually going to have something very, very similar to this uh, on my list, but when we uh, kind of hashed out what we were going to talk about it, it was too close. But what I was going to say is um, something that I like to do is watch a pro that's using my main character and watch them as though I am the one playing. Maybe like over, overlap your instincts with what's going on on the screen. So think about, okay, I would do this here. I would do this here. And hey, you know, some of it's going to line up pretty well, hopefully, uh, you know, if you've, if, you've, if you've figured out like kind of the right things to do and such. Um, but sometimes you're going to go uh, fork off and feel like, oh, I would have done this and they're going to do something completely different and it'll it'll jar you. You'll notice it. And when that happens, Pause. Go back and think about it first. See what the result is. Would you have gotten hit if you did what they, or if you did what you were thinking? But they ended up being safe. Well, maybe you should consider how often you go in, or how often you, you know, make that offensive decision versus how careful you're playing. Um, and sometimes it's going to be that they made the wrong call and you made the right. And you're like, well, I'm better than the pro in that moment. But they're the one that's getting top eight at CPT events and such, and you're probably not. So also keep that in mind. Um, but you can really the the jarring like when it happens you go oh oh that's different and and it pops up and in, in like your psyche and you go why why would you do it that way and then when you explore what they did and you see the benefits of doing it that way it, it's it's more intimate than um, just kind of playing it in theory in your mind and it gives you a, a literal visual of what playing um, Arguably better in certain scenarios, or making better decisions, um, uh, would would look like, and it gives you an incentive to do it because then you see them be successful with this different type of play that instinctually didn't register for you, and that's okay, that's fine. And and I'm definitely coming from the point of view of a more um, like emotions and instinct instinct based player as opposed to you know framed data and sciency, but I think it applies across the board when you see that, it, it strikes you and it kind of opens the door for, at least if you're a player like me, where you would not have entertained that very quickly before, uh, it, it lets you do that. And it, it gives you more of a, of a perspective and it slowly but surely lets you kind of reform your approach to your character and sprinkle in a little more defense or sprinkle in a little more uh, cavalier offense. Like maybe you're being too conservative about your approaches and stuff and you need to go in more and you need to see Machibo just do forward dashes. and, and like. You're allowed to do forward dashes. I thought that was against the rules because it's you know you're you're no it's like but but why did it work and and right. so there's so much that you can learn there, um, and and again kind of overlapping your instincts onto it gives you that sort of like reactionary like notable like oh uh, light bulb moment and from there you can do all the things I just said so
1: mm-hmm. yeah um and I personally prefer like uh, going to Cfn uh and and. Instead of you know going to Twitch or, or YouTube and stuff, that works best for me because I love turning on inputs and also seeing exactly how much damage like stuff did. I know Riketsu did a, a brand new combo with Rose with V Trigger Two, and I'm like, did that do a bunch more damage than I'm used to? And I, like it did, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, and Riketsu normally plays Vega, uh, it's pretty cool to see him playing Rose, and you kind of never know what you're gonna find there on CFN. There's a uh, mm- couple million replays up there uh there's a bunch of stuff to do plus you can look at your specific v skill v trigger combination and find someone who's using that because not everyone streams on you know twitch or youtube uh and all their footage is up there on cfn like if they're playing online it's there so Mm -hmm. um what i do is i I watch like four or five games i take notes on my phone uh, of stuff that i think is worthwhile and then i go and work on that stuff in training mode and during matches to get better and it's uh, I don't want to take 50 notes and stuff like that. It's like, no, let me let me scribble four or five notes here uh, on stuff that I'm working on. You'll know, watch a handful of matches. And then obviously I'm inventing some of my own stuff too, right? Like it, it's, I'm not just going to sit there and try to replicate what other people are doing. But again, we're all taking tech from each other. Like there's no player out there that's, if you're not looking at that, like I, I remember hanging with Justin Wong at Capcom Cup. It was like a couple years ago. And, and we're sitting there talking before one of his matches. And he's like, hey, you know, uh, we're talking about doing content and other stuff. Uh, and he's sitting there watching... Uh, his next opponent up there um, on YouTube, right? And, you know, before they're gonna play. And it's like all the pros basically will do that because watching footage is that helpful, right? And you're looking for any kind of little patterns, you're looking for any kind of thing out there. Um, CFN, you know, this works for any fighting game, uh, but but CFN I particularly enjoy because of you know the damage inputs, being able to rewind uh, really quickly, bounce around with replays, do replay searches and stuff like that. Like there's so much there on CFN. It's really underappreciated, I think, by the Street Fighter V community uh, Overall, uh, not by us because we were freaking on there all the time, right? But um, mm-hmm. um, it is—it's just a great opportunity to get better, and I actually enjoy watching tape. You know, like it's uh, in pro sports, like they—they they call it watching tape all the time. And uh, it was just watching games. It's like, man, it's like watching fighting games to get better. That's great, you know. And as I said, it's—it uh, beats the hell out of vanilla ice. So, <laughs> you know,
0: uh, final round—I don't remember which one it was. I want to say 17. It doesn't matter. Um, I was in Momochi's pool and he had put out a tweet like the night before something saying like uh, something to the effect of if i oh no i'm sorry it was if if we got out of our respective pools we would play each other first round afterwards and he put out a tweet noting that that was the case like he was headhunting me or not headhunting but he was researching me Mm -hmm. um and and i remember seeing that and um i think that was the first time i thought about it because i was like wait if he's aware of that, he's probably watching like old Wednesday night fight footage. Yes. And uh, and you know what? As I think about it, <laughs> I have a pretty uh, well infamous Wednesday night fights match against Michael Tan, who played Ken. Who uh, I was I was kicking the crap out of him. It was great. And then he uh, and I got him to do Ken's V or Ultra Two, which is the flamey spinny Tatsu kicks one, and you can just duck under it. And uh, I famously, I had him dead to rights. I remember him going, "Oh!" As soon as he did it, because he knew it wasn't, it wasn't good. And I uh, stood up into it instead of just hitting heavy punch, because I wanted to get like a full combo punish, even though I didn't need it. Anyways, it was terrible, and uh, and I ended up losing because of it anyways mochi did the same thing when we played it final round <laughs> i'm sure it was on accident but it's funny because it's like oh did he research the tech and did like oh velociraptor's weak to random ultras <laughs> and he's just gonna get hit by <laughs> by the way i didn't i won the round and i turned back and i looked at Vi- i remember seeing vicious and i was i like smiled at him
1: and i was like we've done it <laughs> it's, like- <laughs> it's a again learn from your mistakes in a, in a, in a know that other people are studying your footage it's uh, when I was playing on the CPT when I placed in the last tournament um, I I a lot of my opponents like I'm you, you know you've got 20 or 30 minutes of downtime while you're waiting for matches to finish up right and so mm-hmm. I went on their CFM profiles and I'm like okay this guy likes to jump right and and I'm like uh, it, and you can get stuff and I got further in the tournament for doing that right it's like I, I placed in one of the biggest tournaments last year uh, and uh, there's another tournament this year uh, this this weekend and I don't think I'm going to be playing in it because I suck ass right now <laughs> and and I'm trying That's to a good, good reason
0: to not try to do something yeah. if you think that you're not very good at it Yeah,
1: it's so I'm 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 thinking I'm just gonna to put the time in there But I mean again, all I'm saying is that John and I do have experience doing this stuff and like it works You know and uh, we're not trying to lead anyone astray here for obvious reasons But uh, we also have the experience to back it up. Uh, but John, what's your final rule? What 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 my last one is? uh <laughs> You
0: were talking a little bit just a minute ago about uh, looking up people that have the same V trigger and V skill as you. My last one is explore your other V skill and V trigger, even if you know they aren't as good. I did a I well, we I think we talked about this a few weeks back, and mm-hmm. I did an article where I was talking about why I uh, was using Nakali's V skill two, and I conclusively I think that it's nowhere near as good as V skill one. And if I'm playing in tournament, I'm going V skill one virtually every time. That said. Playing with that opened up. Um, it's it's like it's like the easiest or most close to home way of giving yourself another perspective, because you can do that through playing another character. You can do that through playing another fighting game, and you'll see different different things like it'll just naturally be called to your attention stuff that you might not have been aware of or aware of at certain capacities so it might change the the way you you know the distances and the ranges you play at it might change the pace that you play at it might change whether you're an offensive or defensive kind of approach to to a certain matchup whatever it is but it gives you a new perspective and you can always take that back uh what would you say like home to Mm -hmm. your to your main character to your main loadout and you have that information and sometimes it's like not directly applicable because you know for obvious reasons, your, your your V skill now just doesn't allow you to do the things that the other V skill does. But at the very least, maybe you know what it means to to approach the game like your opponent's going to be approaching it, or you know more intimately what it means to have a DP. If you've if you're a character that's never you know you never had a DP before, and then you play a character with a DP, now you know what it means to have a DP. You yeah. know what it means to be um uh, tempted to do that on your wake up. You know a little bit more about what's going on in your opponent's mind, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it just broadens your um, your understanding of a character your understanding of the flow of, of the game, the character, fighting games in general, it happens at every level uh, to varying degrees depending on the example but um, I, again I know that V-Skill 2 is not, is not the way to go but it taught me some things, it taught me about how to slow down the match and it, it more quickly revealed to me that I can play this game in a footsies manner mm-hmm. and that's going to be more beneficial now and I can even do it with a character like Nicali who's uh, relatively stubbier and now I gotta call you out. I wish I had. I wish I had said more, because um, I, I know I was thinking about it when we were talking about uh, it, just in like regular Skype chats on, a, in a, you know, in the Event Hub's uh, water cooler area. When Rose came out and you were saying, "Man, her V skill one is total trash. It's not usable. <sighs> it's random." And 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 you said it with you said it with total evidences. Like you yes. backed up your claim. This kind of stuff doesn't traditionally bode well That's in fighting games said, yes. for obvious yeah. reasons um and and it's like okay fine fair enough uh and but and, and when i played rose i was like i'm going v skill one because i don't even know how i'm going to begin to use V-scale. I could not see v skill two uh I, I could see it being useful but not like literally the first time I played Rose right. I was like I could I could do more with these tarot cards and so I picked those but anyways and then, uh, then you, recently, to,
1: you had a combo and then like you and then you V-skilled one and you're like what did I just do I remember you ping me and drinking and we're, you're like what did I just do we're like we have no idea it looked like you just dropped got your knockdown, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went
0: into like some little V-trigger yeah. build or something or whatever it was you maybe I had a damage boost
1: combo broke yourself uh, is what it looked like yeah but it, it's <laughs> <laughs> we were both like see that's evidence that it's Sucks. And it's like, and now, as you're getting to, I'm on Visco 1 because I watched Justin Wong uh, sit there and break it apart, and he's going full screen, and what happens with VSCO 1 is... The randomness doesn't matter, which is shocking to me, because every single time you draw a card or do anything, it builds V-Gage. It just depends on how the V-Gage gets built. So one of the things with with V-Skill 2, with her orb, is it's designed around her teleport. So if you teleport, that orb goes crazy on the screen, and it will combo and do a bunch of cool stuff, so hmm. Capcom did the classic here where instead of like v 1 and V-Skill, uh, or V-Trigger 1 being a match, they always do like the reverse, right? It's like you want to use v 1 and the V-Trigger 2 and vice versa, right? It's uh, the numbers don't match. Um, and uh, anyway, so that is the case with Rose, it looks like. And uh, what happens with v 1, and I was dead wrong about this because, again, I looked at the history of moves that are random, and how they worked in fighting games and I, again I go back to like Phoenix Wright and other stuff and there's some people who can make it work but the history of it is terrible what I didn't realize is there is consistency in how Visco 1 works in terms of how it builds V-Gage you can use those cards at any time to build V-Gage and the, the effect is random and so you have to have some idea of what you know is coming up with the card right um, but the way it builds V-Gage is not random at all and you give that character V-Gage and going into V-Trigger 2 she's nasty and and then on top of that Visco 1 can be used to to eater zoning as well uh, again it's a little mm-hmm. bit hit or miss depending on you know what card you draw all the other kind of stuff so um didn't see it coming but again it goes back to what john just said you want to explore this stuff because you never know what you're going to find there, and you might find a winning combination that other people have written off. Uh, another, you know, piece of evidence of that is I played Monat's V-Trigger too. Um, I did well. I had people call me an idiot for using it. Uh, I know a bunch of people like, why don't you use that? And I'm like, well, in certain circumstances, this is actually the better V-Trigger. And with time, uh, some of the top uh, Monat players were also using it as well. And depending on the matchup and stuff, uh, Sokka was using it, Earth was using it, a number of other people. And it, again, it depended on what, what matchup and other stuff. VTrigger One is sometimes superior. VTrigger Two is sometimes better. It just depends. Um, but overall, I liked it better for the the neutral play that it offered. So. Mm-hmm.
0: So this actually leads me into a little bonus uh, tip, if you will, a little extra sauce. Um, if you, and this applies to real life. Is actually something that I've been working on, um, and I've been trying to think about, and I've been talking with Brittany about it too. Actually, just last night we had a little bit of a conversation about it. Um, but that is the idea that a lot of times. Uh, and this is natural, it's normal, but it's something you have to kind of fight against. And I'm seeing a lot of benefit from doing so. So I wanted to share it with you guys. Uh, And that is that when you first experience something, you're naturally going to have your initial reaction, right? And that sort of tends to put a filter up then like now everything that has to do with this new bit of information. In this case, let's say it's Rose's V skill, right? So it's like, I see VSCO 1 and I have this reaction to it. And the filter that I'm putting it through is that it's bad and and the reason it's bad is because this random factor, which all that's pretty true uh, and it, it makes sense. It's, a, it's It's a foundation to stand on. But now everything else that comes down the pike can be filtered through that. And it's like, I already know It's objectively, like, I already know it's bad. So everything else kind of leads to that, to that conclusion. And when you take a step back and you say, all right, that's one way of thinking about it, um, but what if I think about it from this point of view, like how much V skill or V gauge does it build? Oh, that's useful. How useful? Mm -hmm. Well, it's actually so useful because I'm not using it for the sake of the, the benefits of the cards. If I get some mileage out of that, that's bonus. But I actually have enough use for it here in that it just gets me to V-Trigger. Mm-hmm. And then it's like it's not only that it builds my V-Trigger, but it gives me some bonuses sometimes. Sometimes I got a bunch of chip damage coming out, sometimes yep. I, I, I reduce their damage and that's even better. That doesn't happen unless you change your lane a little bit and you look at it from a new point of view. And I'm constantly preaching myself this kind of stuff because I've, I've seen it so many times, yep. examples like that, where I'm like, I know that this is this way. And it's like, well, if you think about it from this way, you might see new value in it. And and who knows? Maybe maybe you're right. You know, mm-hmm. Maybe it is a bad thing, but at least give it the time of day. Give it the exploration. Yep. Um, that's probably not news to anybody, but like we said at the beginning of this, a lot of this stuff is simple, one-on-one keep practicing your free throws because it's important. And we all need to hear those reminders. So I'm winning way,
1: way more by taking your advice. And, uh, I know that, that, you know, uh, that advice came, you know, like, after I switched and stuff like that, but it also reaffirms I'm doing more of the right things. It's, again, uh, we get stuck in our ways. We get arrogant. We're like, ah, oh, I know. I remember, uh, man, multiple people who first picked up Street Fighter 5 They're like, I mastered this freaking game. Like, I am so good. I'm gonna just be beating the crap out of everyone else. And it's like, dude, you don't even understand this game yet. Like, no one does. And it's like, just because you're having success right now, uh, playing it like it's Street Fighter Four or whatever, and it just, it's, it's, you know, and those players Uh, the ones I saw saying that did not have a good run in this game, I will just say. So um, (laughs) arrogance is not your friend. (laughs) I can say that for sure. Um, You know, and again, we put hot takes out there. We try to get in front of the stuff. We're right more than often, quite a bit more often than we're wrong. I, you know, somewhere around 70% something like that is what we get right. Uh, I was definitely wrong about the V-School stuff and I'm happy to hold that. It's like, hey, I, I would rather come on and say, hey, I was wrong about this than I would be to like continue to Oh no, like, I mean, I had to blah, blah, blah and like option selected and try to make it correct and stuff like that When when, you know, when we discover we're wrong, we try to come on here and own it and because we want to get better and it's like, there's no point if we're trying to get better and holding ourselves back and holding the people back listening to us, right? So um, anyway, I'm. We're not perfect, but we is. smell pretty good. Oh, there it is. <laughs> That's my wife says that too. So yeah. yeah anyway, but uh, all right. Oh, great. So all right, John, where are we going now? What are we talking about? Uh, Cami. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, guys. So uh, um, there have been reactions. There have been reactions to uh, to our opinions about Cammy and her abilities and if she's where she needs to be. And if we're big fat whiners that just need to grow up, or if that there are some legitimate problems, and I think that uh, you know we'll probably meet somewhere in the middle. But for now, I think we're gonna whine a little bit more. <laughs> are you sure? She uh, she won another CPT event. That's a thing. So so I'm just just putting it out there, and uh, and and you know. I'm seeing more than anybody else people complaining about her abilities. Uh, so here we are. Uh, Cammie, uh, I think, continues to be – here's here's a way of saying it. Is she a problem? Is she one of the best in the game? That's okay. But yeah. is she a problem? Yeah. Maybe that's kind of where we should go. And then so – and this is an evolving thing. We're not going to have a – we don't – Here here's, here's us practicing what we preach. I'm not – for sure that she is, okay? I could be uh, given evidence that she's not. I wanna have a discussion about it, I want to explore the details, and I wanna come up with a a scientific-y conclusion as to whether or not Kami is a problem. How do we feel here a, a week or two later from our <laughs> initial Cammy's too easy to play? She's too good. She's got another CPT
1: win under her belt. How are you feeling about her? John? That's exactly where I go to with this. It's it's less of Cammy's overall power. I can live with how strong she is. What I can't deal with is just how damn easy she is to play. And, and again, it's, it's the staples easy button. It's like, why would you go and learn a bunch of other cast members when you can just, I'm just going to play Cammy, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, even the people, even Myers who plays Cammy is like, this character's stupid you know that's sort of verbatim quote from Myers like he, I, he also yeah. said well I think that
0: what you're referring re- referring to is a few maybe days week ago or so on Twitter he said I th- I feel I think that this is the best version of Cammy yeah. yet which is a terrifying statement uh, <laughs> and he plays her yeah. and he said he's super she's super boring to play yes. uh does that mean that she's not challenging you to think and pretty much and is that a sin maybe it's not a sin I think that's, that's a what people are saying too. how is
1: like, that not a sin dude like again you can't have characters who take the level of playing like you know a zeku uh a guild and other stuff like that and expect people to actually actively play those characters when you've got an easy button that you can press and
0: again okay
1: but they still
0: kind of do in that cami only had i think a total of four camis in the top 32s of of both so there was like i think there were three camis in the japanese top 32 and one Cami in the it was it was it South American top thirty two that just played out? Uh so so it's not like she's super popular,
1: it's just well, that she's I, winning. I did some stats here too. So since twenty sixteen And not counting the last Capcom Cup, uh, which was kind of like an offshoot kind of weird thing where the the invited players didn't get in there. But so we've got four Capcom Cup events in total since uh, the Street Fighter V started. Right. The average Mm -hmm. amount of camis that you see in the results is slightly over three at every single Capcom Cup since the game came out. So mm-hmm. you are going to see an average of three people playing Capcom over that, little bit over, it's like 3.25 or whatever, right? That's how mm-hmm. many freaking camis we've seen from the get-go. And it's like, okay, when you have a character that's that good, that's been this good for that long, it's time to knock her down because you have a history of evidence here. This is not like a character who's like, oh, you know, it's like, uh, let me see, like, G, Right, like How good is G really? Well, G never won that many events and other stuff like that. This is not the case with Cammy. This is one of the most winningest characters in the history of Street Fighter V. We have a plethora, John, a plethora of evidence that that Cammy is one of the best characters. And it's like, I don't get it. And it's like, okay, she's easy to play. She's one of the best characters in the game and when this is one thing i will point to being right the moment we read cammy's patch notes i came on this podcast so i said capcom what were you thinking and <laughs> and look this has been held up i said she's going to be winning stat stories in terms of like being the most popular character on the cpt she won the first one from cpt japan um this is oh this is a, a frustrating character that i called from the get-go but yeah go ahead yeah i um I've taken issue
0: with her dive kicks in the past. Uh, that's a different conversation we don't have to go in too far to. But in in terms of the overlap here, it's that there are moves that kind of do too much yeah. and they're too easy to to do for. And so there's a clip that's been making the rounds. We posted it. Um, uh, this just showcases... Cammy Privilege, as I've been uh, calling it. And I got some heat for this one, too. But it was Phenom playing... We'll show it here. But There's Phenom playing Cammy against a Gil player. And Phenom was the one that shared the clip uh, and said, this character needs to be stopped. What happens is... Uh, the the cami kind of qu- she has V trigger one activated, and so Phenom jumps at the Gill player. The Gill player then activates his V trigger, so we get a screen flash. So Cammy's in midair, and it's like one of those like oh you're I got you dead to rights. Mm-hmm. And Phenom still, as he I'm sure he was planning to do, goes for the V trigger dive kick, and um, to I think it's to cross Gill up, and Gill's in the corner, but it's like because uh, because she can do that and gill uh, goes for critical art which creates a uh, you know like kind of like an orb hurt box uh, out in front of him and it works very well as an anti-air and uh, normally it, is it will
1: huge and it has a ton of active frames you and i have both yeah. been hit by it a number of times and even mm-hmm. when the gill players with with it it stays out there active frame so long that you will see people walk into it it is a really, oh, yeah. really good critical art uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't play against gill so they don't understand how good of a critical art this is it's this is one of the the best reaching range critical arts in the entire game it is really good right and um and so what happens is uh it's
0: i should say it's invincible for frames one through eight Mm -hmm. and then it's not anymore um and when you get hit by it it goes into this animation where gil does the whole seraphic wing and takes off like half of your life and it's great um so phenom's cammy gets hit by it but uh is, is like slightly behind gil's head um, and so, like the top half of her body makes contact with the hurt box of it or, or the hit box of it, and she she bounces from the hit, but does not go into the animation because they trade. And what you're left with is the Gill player lost all of the meter, and then uh, they they and is now cornered, and they play out the last few seconds of the round, and and Phenom wins with an anti air that works. And so, first of all, yeah, you can explain why it happened, and I and it makes. What would you say? Like kind of like scientific frame data hitbox sense.
1: What's going on is it's, we all have our suspicions of Cami being ridiculous, right? To see actual visual proof and a real match of it happening is just confirmation of what we knew. And that's why to me, this clip is so damn upsetting. It's like, I knew this and now here's freaking proof. Capcom, why weren't you listening to the community on this? Why didn't you do a better job with Cami?
0: Yeah, and I, and I would say that, Okay, so again, you can explain it away. Like it, it makes sense like that's what should have happened with the way things work right now and and it was that the guild player was not in the right place to be able to do the super there. Fair enough. But uh, on another level, you've got Phenom, the one doing it, sharing the clip and saying this character needs to be stopped. Like there's something in Phenom's heart that went, I don't want to play the game that's like this, right? Like the amount of risk reward uh, um um Mental, like like cognitive bandwidth, it's necessary to do this. It's it's not balanced and it's not ultimately fun, even for me, the person playing her. Uh, Myers has like you know made the statements that we that we heard earlier, and, and also by the way he retweeted this and shared it with laughy faces. Um, and then more recently, the player that actually got hit was also streaming and shared his reactions. And the and it's just exactly what you would do if you were that person. You would go like, what is going on here? And you know you felt it probably yourself in the past it's like that surge of frustration and, and injustice and it's like you can explain why this works and technically it does but how many people want to be playing a game where this is the kind of interaction that happens and then everything right. else you know about cami and all of her other privileges it's like people are not going to want to do this and in an, in an environment in an, in an age when it's a service or it's a product as a service and then we can constantly update I say you should attend and make it so that these kinds of things don't happen. And, I, and I'm, I haven't even gone as far as to really sit and think about, well, for this particular example, what should be changed around? I'm I, I'm arguing more in the, the theoretical kind of general yeah. idea that Cammy, like we've said, Cammy's too easy, gets too much reward. Cammy for has a, so much
1: she... privilege that she felt entitled to do this, and of course it worked out. Of course it worked <laughs> out for her. That's pretty much what it comes down to. And, and again, John, where you were going with that exactly... Capcom needs to be touching this game more often when you have a very clear problem like Cammy. And again, Cammy's overall strength is less of an issue to me than just how easy she is to play for how good she is. They attended to Bison. Why don't they attend to Cammy? And and to, to spell this out for people, take a number of her specials, maybe all of them, and drop 10 damage off of every single one and you know what? She's still going to be really damn good. Take her post super mix up where she gets a great mix up after her 3 frame super that she is really easy to combo into and make that not a true freaking oaky mix up. Give her a little bit more recovery off of it so that when she is steamrolling you, which happens so often with Kami, that she has a little bit less of an opportunity to do so. Maybe you can add a height restriction on her V trigger dive kicks so that they taste, at least take a little bit more thought to use before your plus 7000 when you just get the opponent to block them, right? And you know what? If you do all three of these things, I still think Cammy is a great character. She's not good. She's great. But the thing about reducing her damage is that right now, Cammy has very little incentive not to just hold forward on the joystick and say, ah, oh, you hit me, but... Eventually, I'm going to hit you and kill you, you know, kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. that's it's the easy button. It's this is what Cammy is. It's just, well, I mean, just hold forward because it will probably work out in your favor if you know what you're doing. And it's reducing her damage, reducing her privilege makes the Cammy players have to think a little bit more. And all of a sudden you have a more intelligent character. And, and you can compare her to someone like Falk and other stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, but Falk's not winning jack crap because she has to work so damn hard to get to these spots where Cammy just has all this freaking entitlement and she just keeps using it over and over and over again. And we have a history of this, like a giant... Rich history of Cammy winning and placing high in tournament. And that's what upsets me about the character so much. Is I get someone like a, a brand new DLC character slipping through the cracks if they're too strong. That makes more sense to me, right? But even the thing that <laughs> but happened Cammy's with Cammy's OG I know. roster. It's like, dude, dude, is there is there a Capcom and play with a Cammy poster on their wall and they're like, you ain't touching my waifu. That ain't happening. So is that is that what's going on Capcom? Because I I swear that's a thing. But anyway, um. That's kind of where I would go at this character. It, it's do what John said here. Do what Velociraptor said and just touch the game a little bit more often. Take a little bit off of, you know, her, her, her kicks or something. Do something to acknowledge what's going on in the community and what people are saying. Even Cammy mains are saying, hey, we got too much right now. That should be a very clear sign to try to do something at this point in time. Yeah. So again, you can probably argue till
0: the cows come home, and you're standing on some decently foundational ground to say that, nah, you guys are whining too much because I can explain away why she has this much damage and this and that. But you are also seeing uh, a community that is simultaneously reacting with, like, this is not what I want to see yeah. in the game. Uh, this is not the experience that I want to have, very specifically. And I think you should consider that as well. So the Kami saga continues. Uh, We have another CPT this weekend. See if she wins that one. Uh, Part of me absolutely doesn't want it to. Part of me wants to just (laughs) for the I told you so. Oh, one other thing I wanted to to know. Watch the world burn, John. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Uh, So uh, I I did. I did tracked v-shift usage in the first seven matches of the top eight of the most recent cpt because we did that with the japanese one and i kind of just wanted to continue to explore um so just really quickly they used a lot more v-shift uh in this cpt event some players and and you'll notice this when you're playing online too some players are just like every wake up they'll do v-shift and that's gonna you know inflate the numbers a bit but where we had in these first seven or so uh in the first seven matches i think there was like eight total times it was used by the Japanese players. This time there was 39 uses of of V-Shift. Now, a lot of those were zero mechs. The the Balrog player who went ham with it and used it a ton Um, in the two matches that he was in, they were used 12 and 14 times. All the rest of them were like two, three. uh, One of them had five. Um, So so obviously some players are going to use it more often and uh, there'll be a little bit of an anomaly there. But... we are seeing it and what's furthermore sometimes it was it was useless and sometimes it got people into trouble but for the most part it was it was usually just reset to the neutral and that's mm-hmm. what the player wanted to have happen and sometimes led to a full-on punish or, or shift in the flow and the advantage so take that as you will v-shift is totally useless i'm sorry it's the most important th- i'm sorry it's uh we're not sure but it's it is it is something <laughs> and it's interesting and we're going to continue to watch it i am still at the point where i think that the change to a lot of the heavy buttons and such uh is having more of an effect on the meta right now but it's an evolving beast we'll see and we'll uh, continue to update you on how things are going with it and giving
1: you our perspective all right y'all that's going to wrap us up for this week of the event hubs podcast once again thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you soon Thank you guys. Uh, Like us on the correct
0: YouTube. Uh, Follow us, subscribe, put the bell, uh, top eight, all that stuff. Thanks. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you next week.